Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamek. Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Today we have we we got an interview with a um, foreign affairs correspondent directly out of Kiev, Ukraine. We're going to play that interview after I take care of business with you guys. And anyhow, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Paul Fleming checking in from ATL. Hit that like button. Don't forget, folks, hit that like button as Tom, as Paul says. Go ahead and make sure we get those numbers up. So click that thumbs up on YouTube, that like on Facebook. We need you. Deb Denny checking in. Welcome aboard, Deb. How are you doing today? Also, AVQ is here with us today. AVQ, welcome aboard. And of course, you have our narrative for the beginning. Egberto, mind putting either of these images on the screen? Don't have the time to put the images on the screen right now my friend but we are gonna we'll we'll, t we'll take a look at it you have the links in there for people to be able to go ahead and link to it right now uh let's see nearly 16 percent of gen z identify as lgbt you know what i see here the moral arc of history bending towards justice republicans have already lost the culture war these numbers are large enough to swing the next election to democrats but only if democrats promise something more than just voting against republicans i, I agree with you but i mean irrespective of what happens we have to make sure hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That people judge and go ahead and vote. Anyway. Michael Renan also says, Florida GOP denounced for making anti-LGBTQ bill even more dangerous. While the legislation originally allowed school personnel to withhold information about a student's sexual orientation or gender identity for a, from a parent, if a reasonably prudent person would believe that, this, that disclosure would result in abuse, abandonment, or neglect, Republican uh, Rep. Joe jo Hardin's amendment states that the school's principal or his or her designee shall develop a plan using all available governmental resources to disclose such information within six weeks after the decision to withhold such information from the parent. Roughly 40% of homeless young identify as LGBTQ, a seven times disproportionate rate. Parents horribly disowning their kids after they come out of a non-binary has been and continues to be a major problem. And this is awful legislation will only worsen. I mean, this is turning into a Gustavo state. This is turning into, we want to control your life. Michael Rodden also says, Trump's new social network needs the tech law he hates. <laughs> the former president tried to kill Section 230, but it's why his truth social site can ban users who annoy him. Palmer report, can't wait for Trump's truth social app to launch so it can immediately get suspended for rules violation. I expect the pound truth social to be moderated and censored, actually, even more so than Twitter, as they are not likely to allow parody accounts or pornography conservatives aren't actually against censorship they just want to be the censors exactly right also he says details of bernie madoff's sister and brother-in-law's murder suicide may be shielded by florida law both suffered gunshot wounds and officials said the scene appears to be a murder suicide while family privacy laws are important to protect the victim of major crimes when i initially read this wounds as a plural the first thing that came to man was a cover-up conspiracy of a forced suicide, as if they were both found with two bullets in their heads. Egberto, any chance? 
as you've seen yesterday's last night tonight video about CRT. I didn't, but now that you mention it, it's I bet it's going to be good because he does a great job, John Oliver, that guy. If not, recommend watch for the uh, after the show, which I will repeat near the end of your broadcast. I appreciate that, Michael. We really want to hear that. My quick take, reactionaries still don't know what critical race theory is. They will lie about what they think it is, then proceed to have moral outrages over the lies they just told about the thing they don't understand, only to be parroted by others in their echo chambers as they burn straw <laughs> and celebrate willful ignorance and then troll their insanity on the rest of it. It's a shame, but it's so true. Egberto, after watching yesterday's episode of last week, tonight's about CRT, I found a short Martin Luther King interview video that I, I hope you download and play tomorrow where MLK talks about his have a dream speech turning into a nightmare. MLK, when a nation becomes obsessed with the guns of war, it loses the social perspective and programs of social uplift. I love that quote, love that quote, love that quote. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Tra Canada police trample people with horses. Ooh, wow. One of those people who were trampled the way uh, Trump did uh, those people in that big square after they had that uh, Black Lives Matter protest. Mm, I don't think he gassed them out of there. Trump gassed those out. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, para ver, para ver. Uh, Eric Hayes also says, Egberto, what are your thoughts of the geopolitical issues and Russia and China provide in this area? Looks like Putin will move forward without any issues from the West because of weakness shown via Afghanistan and other types. If you if you believe that narrative of weakness and, and that sort of stuff, then you don't really understand geopolitical instances problems. If you think America can just decide, oh, Putin misbehaves and we're going to go fire it, Putin has uh, nuclear weapons. What do you think? We're going to get into a nuclear war? Come on now, grow up, my dear brothers and sisters who believe the right-wing crap. We have to stop at some point. But I tell you what, I actually have a correspondent out of Ukraine that has a lot to say. So let's go ahead and talk to Terrell uh, right now, who is out there. He lives in Ukraine partially, and he has quite a bit to say. So let's listen to the person who knows and not the people who speculate or lie. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. As you guys know, we've been covering a lot of the Russia-Ukraine issues right now. Today, we are honored to have the host of Black Diplomats podcast, Foreign Affairs Journal. Uh, he's in Kiev right now, and he knows all there is to know about it. As you know, we brought Norman Solomon and a few other people here. But we have somebody in the field right now. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Terrell Germain Starr, how are you doing today? I'm good, brother. And by the way, um, I'm so excited about my painting, by the way. This is, uh, you know, this is a Black Ukrainian woman. I just want people to know that when it was commissioned, and uh, it was painted by a woman that's from Donetsk who was displaced out of Donetsk where the conflict is taking place. And now she is in Odessa, which is a Southern city on the Black Sea. I've named her Svet Kwisha, you know, Svetlana and Keisha, Svet right. Kwisha. You know what I'm saying? I just want to introduce y'all to, to her for those who, who are able, if you got the video to see it, you know. Well, I, I tell you what, I want to make sure that it's it's seen. But before I even get started, you just got me into thinking. So we're going to talk about Russia and Ukraine right now. But I think what you've just brought to our audience is we've never thought, we, we know that, that that everywhere have people of all, of all ethnicities, etc. But for some reason, we have never, at least I have never seen them display anyone of any other ethnicity 
in uh, in in Ukraine. So tell me, are there a lot of uh, people of color in Ukraine? Yes, and so uh, that's an excellent question. Thank you for asking. I'll give break down why you don't see um, black Ukrainian Ukrainians in coverage, and so. Black Ukrainians, well, Black peoples were introduced into this region around the late 1700s through Catherine, you know, through the, um, when Catherine the Great uh, ran the Russian Empire. And so uh -huh. they came through the Ottoman Empire. Okay. And so, and the reason why you saw that introduction of Black people into the uh, Russian Empire was because the Ottomans, again, they were a part of the slave trade. And so they were introduced kind of as, quote unquote, presents to Catherine the Great. And so they served in her court, you know, as servants, right? And so you will see, you know, there, there are historical documents that depict Black people in Catherine the Great's court. And so now in regards to the migration of those Black people and how they proliferated, you know, that research is still being discovered, but there are Black Ukrainians here. There's not a lot of census data because, you know, they're, they're, it's just simply not covered. So there are estimates that there are several thousand black Ukrainians, which basically comes down to one black parent and then one Ukrainian parent. Um, now there are African students here, they, they number in the tens of thousands, most of them are from Nigeria. And so they are just students, they studied and they graduate, but the ones who are native born, it can range anywhere from 5,000 to 15,000, you know, and they're all guesstimates basically, but you don't see a lot of black Ukrainians in, 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 in reporting because you know, for example, I'm a correspondent here and I'm actually going to be doing some coverage on Black Ukrainians. When you're a correspondent abroad, you essentially work as your own editor and it's your discretion of what you choose to report to your bosses as a story of importance. Now, if you're at the New York Times, the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, you name it, and you are a bureau chief, if you don't think that those people are of interest, you don't consider them a part of general society, then you're not going to prioritize them in your coverage. And so that's one of the primary reasons I would say the primary reason why you don't see them is because foreign correspondents are not there and mainly because foreign correspondents who don't look like us um, are not out there to prioritize our people. But you're right, brother, we, we're, we're everywhere. And my work here uh, will be to introduce those people uh, to, to audiences like yours. And I'm going to be doing that in the next few weeks. You know, this morning when I saw you on MSNBC, I knew there was a reason why I needed to and I had to speak to you because, again, I just got educated on that part of the world. So thank you so kindly. I'm probably going to go back to that a little bit later because I, now I'm intrigued. Uh, now I, I, I asked you for an interview on one subject. It seems like we're going to have, if you have the time, we may have another yeah, five fine, minutes. Yeah, no problem. Great no, no, no to go on another subject. But anyhow, let me ask you this. First of all, Give us the genesis of the current Ukrainian-Russian-NATO uh, problem, uh, in your words, because I've heard it in different forms. I am not sure what is accurate, what isn't. So please give us the proper narrative as you see it. Thank you very much. So here's the thing. Everyone's going to point to 2014 as the, the genesis of this current conflict, and that is correct. And so... Russia created a, and I literally mean created a, a story that Russian speakers were under attack. So he literally illegally encroached into sovereign land and, you know, on this false premise that Russian citizens were being attacked and were being abused and took over the Luhansk 
and Dom and Donbas regions, which are in eastern Ukraine, and illegally annexed Crimea. Okay, and I'm going to break down why those regions are particularly important. And so you heard me earlier where I talked about Catherine the Great, and you know it's important to realize that Ukraine it was during the Soviet Union, which basically 1917 into 1991, Ukraine was considered the breadbasket mm -hmm. per se, right? And so this is a huge country uh, in Europe, and so and the land is very, very fertile, and so. You know, you had people, you had all kinds of people, including Jewish people who were expelled from Western Europe in the 12th and 13th century coming to Ukraine. And so, but also during the, um, you know, also during the SARS period, you have Russian, uh, ethnic Russians who came, who migrated to, you know, Ukraine uh, for job opportunities, et cetera, particularly in agriculture because of the land. It was easier to till, you know, and you can, you know, you can make money from it. And so, they started populating, you know, Luhansk and Donbass regions hundreds of years ago, right? That's important context. Uh, and you had Crimea, and you know, several hundred years ago, it was majority Crimean Tartar. You asked about ethnic diversity. Uh, Crimean Tartars are their very unique ethnic group, right? And so, at first, you know, you had the um, the Greeks who 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 dominated, and then you had the uh, Ottoman Empire that dominated. Catherine the Great came in and took it, and I'm not going to say what year because it just it, it evades me right now because I don't want to be incorrect. But it, but just it's important to know that Catherine the Great, you know, conquered, um, you know, Crimea, and then slowly but surely that population in Crimea became less and less Crimean Tartar and became more and more um, Russian speaking, and so Crimean Tartars, you know, they're, they're Muslim, right? And so. When you, so so I'm, I'm giving you that important context because it goes back to why he wants this land. And so he's basing it on this false premise. It's not only a false premise, but it's the idea that this was always our land. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants to do. And so to make it simple, just as, you know, uh, um, pilgrims, European pilgrims came over to the United States, you know, you have this mirage of the fact that they discovered America, what they right. did was came over and killed the in, in, indigenous population. Right. right? That, that is what Russia did through its empire. It's no different, right? They came and murdered indigenous communities. They are an imperial, bloodthirsty, genocidal culture, just like America. Let's just keep that straight, right? And so, when you so so right so 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 these centuries long stories are deeply etched in people's minds here, right? And so because it has it's a story about displacement, it's a story about you know reparations that they've never gotten. But anyway, going back to, so, but, but it definitely goes back to 2014. And now when you think about, uh, and I brought up colonialization, this is really important because during the Soviet period, there, you know, you had the former Warsaw Pact countries, you know, you have Poland, and then you had, you know, these countries in Central Europe, like Hungary, you had, Georgia. Uh, well, Georgia was at USSR, right? They were gotcha. Yeah, USSR. Yes, correct. Part of the 15, right? Then you had to, you know, again, you know, but, but listen, you're close. Don't worry, you know, you're close. But you're dealing with the Warsaw Pact countries. That's Romania, you know, and then you have Bulgaria, right? Because those were the, like, you know, th those were the countries that were satellites, right? And right, so the buffers. All, the buffers, precisely. And so right. after the USR, USSR fell, they immediately went to NATO. Because they said we we've all experienced this Russian colonialization, and we were not culturally Russian oriented. We are not into this Russian sphere of political influence. They wanted to go more into the West, and so 
after in the early 2000s and going into the late, two, you know, early 2010s, you had basically one third of NATO, which was composed of these former Warsaw Pact and in, 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 in USSR countries, but including the Baltic countries, right? And so the culture of NATO shifted when these countries came into it. And so I'm pretty sure you heard a lot of discourse about, you know, um, you know um, people saying, hey, we do not want, you know, NATO is this imperial nation that's led by the United States. It's true to an extent, but it's, it's true, but it's complicated. And so once you decenter the United States and realize that these former Warsaw Pact and USSR countries were, um, you know, wanted to change, wanted to join NATO simply because they did not have the military power to protect themselves. Right. And then it becomes less about America and more about these own countries wanting their own sovereignty. And so Ukraine is a part of that because basically they're like that one straggling country left behind as far as mm -hmm. you Eastern European members are concerned. Like, come on, y'all. It's like, come on, man, you could do it. You could do it. You could do it. And so they're so they're like so so basically Ukraine is not under Article five, which means that if you mess with all of us, you mess with one of us, you got all of us. So Ukraine is not in that position anymore. And Russia is pinpointing Ukraine because he realizes that this democ this democratic nation, if 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 you have if you allow this to flourish, then people in Russia are going to think, oh my God, we can do that too. Right. So, not, so 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 it's not so much a NATO thing because listen, if Putin cared about NATO, he would have attacked the NATO countries. But Putin don't want that smoke, and he and he he don't want that smoke, right? And so. What he's doing is he's bullying this country and using it as a chess piece to pressure, particularly Germany, right? Because Germany, what one thing people don't know, up until 1989, they, you know, Russia split that country in half. Right, Eastern right? Germany. Had, Eastern Germany, right? Because you had Angela Merkel who spoke from in Russia. Exactly. In right? fact, she, right. she was under that domain, absolutely. She was yeah, part yeah. of the USSR, yeah. Important context, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So all this context, and I'm happy that I have the time to really break this down to you, because all this stuff matters. If you don't understand colonization, because that's the thing, going back to, 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 to Germany, they have their own fear. So people are like, man, Germany, a bunch of punks, that's the third. And it's like, okay, you can say that, but it's, it, it's a little more complicated than that. But at any rate, Ukraine, is it, it right now is a country where they definitely want they want EU membership they want NATO membership and they have a really legitimate reason um, besides Russia in order to justify being so because they are the most combat ready military in all of Europe not necessarily most technologically advanced but they're ready but, but they're but they're more so than France Germany or or any other country. I mean, you you can rival their combat readiness to that of the United States, for, right? You know, for, for for the wrong reasons because we shouldn't be invading other countries. Well, that's a whole another story, brother. We can have a conversation about, but we're talking about Ukraine now. But yeah, that's that's a general synopsis. That 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 is simply amazing, and I don't think uh, you have heard this entire articulation on mainstream on the mainstream media. And we are here yeah, just yeah. sitting down thinking it's, you know, uh, oh, it's just the fight between NATO and the United States. And it, it's, a, it's a lot deeper than that. It, it, it's extremely complex. Brother, this is so complex. Right. Very complex. Now, you are in Kiev. Uh, what is the attitude there now? What's the feeling? Do people feel like, I think they, 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 the original belief was that since he is way on the eastern side, 
that he would have just taken, maybe come and taken the land, those lands that are in dispute right now. But now I understand that in Belarus, there are battalions there as well that could, that are probably a few hours away from Kiev, which presents a problem if that's his intent, correct? That's absolutely correct. So, so north of Kiev, you know, it's about two and a half hours away. And so literally, if you take a drive up, that's all it takes now. Belarus. To Belarus, yeah, exactly, yeah. to the north. And so, you know, keep in mind that Chernobyl is north of us, right? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, oh God. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I've been twice. And so those, you know, and they have the type of equipment that can handle the radiation to come through there. Because I've been to Chernobyl twice. Right. And, and, and I was actually going to go, I don't know if you know the brother Malcolm Nance, who's on, who's on MSNBC. Of course, I, Nance, yeah, the CIA guy, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so basically, he was going to. He was an NSA, um, NSA so guy. I'm, NSA, I'm sorry, yeah, NSA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, listen, it's, it's all good. It's the same to most of us, but it is NSA. But basically, um, he, we were supposed to go up to Chernobyl to, um, you know, to visit because he's never been. I've gone twice already. But, uh-huh. uh, but, but at any rate, um, they can make it through that zone. In a matter of you know, in, in a matter of days and fighting, and so what 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 the what what Malcolm Nance was saying and his own assessment was that they after a few days of fighting, they can surround this the capital, but they're not going to take it. And the reason why they're not going to take it is that these people in 2014 during the Euromaidan, um, more than a hundred people died, and they faced down the state security services who shot at them and kill their fellow countrymen i remember that yes yes these are fighters man they're not gonna just three million of them no no and and so malcolm in in this city alone okay and there's 40 plus million people in the country and it's a huge huge country and so the way that malcolm described it was uh this place will turn into the white taliban <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, listen, listen, it sounds like, but 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 it's real because every person that has a finger that works and they have access to a gun is subject to shoot any Russian in boots and in military um, gear. Military gear. I mean, because yeah, yeah, because these people are extremely resilient. They're not going to be welcoming Russian with cookies and milk. That that's just for sure. Now, I'll tell you what they will do. What they will do is that um, they will take the entire, they could take the entirety of the Donetsk region. And as you know, that there were some uh, um, bomb, there are there some bomb, bomb shellings in uh Yeah, they, in, it, in today, actually, they bombed an elementary school or something and a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. And so basically, what, what, can, what could happen is that the Russian military could take the entirety of that region. Many people think that they have all of Donetsk, and that's not true. They uh-huh. have a nice chunk of it. But they don't have the entirety of it, so they can take that and they can take um, maybe um, some other larger city, and then they can come in from the south through the Black Sea and the Azov Sea. And basically, what they can do is come from um, come from the Donetsk, then come from the Azov Sea from the south, and kind of like bring in more position and come together, right? right. They could do that part. But as far as advancing further than that, that's going to be rough because it, simply put they don't have enough soldiers right they have to literally throw all their soldiers here because the nazis came here and took over they had double from my understanding double the number of soldiers to take over this country russia doesn't have that type of of, of manpower and right they have to throw they would have to leave their country entirely defenseless in order to, to come and, and try to take something yeah. where people are going to fight them now that's a pretty modern city kiev right 
Absolutely. It's just like being in, let's say, Houston or New York or Boston or yeah. one of those places. Yeah, yeah, great. Now, yeah, um, very modern. Well, um, I'm glad I spoke to you because I, I want to, truly, I better back up. Because I spoke mm -hmm. to two other uh, people who follow the uh, Russia, uh, the Russia Ukraine issue, and one of uh, one of them, Norman Solomon, in fact, uh, another friend of mine, he said, "Well, you know, Egberto, think about if um, Russia put a whole fl a fleet in our Gulf, and he put some people in the Canadian border and the Mexican border. How would we, as the United States, react now?" Before you answer, you came with a very important perspective to first note that both Russia and the United States are colonizers. So in effect is yeah. one colonizer versus another colonizer in, in this respect. Now, how do you measure what Norman Solomon said? In all, I, I think what Norman wasn't trying to be pro-Russian. I think what Norman was doing is saying, practically speaking, Russia is scared to hell of NATO. Practically, yes, but actually, no. Okay, okay. So let me bring. Okay, so let me bring up the practical. Look, and I argued this in a in a recent article with Foreign Policy. If America was threatening to invade Mexico, for example, mm -hmm. right, and we were and we had a hundred thousand troops at their border, and we were constantly menacing them with takeover threats, I would have no problem with it. Mm -hmm. But that's but that's what I'm saying. Practically, if that were the case, that I, I would have no problem with it. And so it, it, it and, and that type of argument dangerously flows into the word aboutism, even though he did not intend it to be that way. And I'm going to explain why. Mm -hmm. Because let's go let's go to the actual. What's actually happening is that NATO has no interest and militarily having a standoff with Russia because it's suicide. Mm -hmm. Okay, Russia is a nuclear power. Exactly. I'm glad you point that out. Yeah. They are the they they are a pure nuclear power. Remember when I said Russia doesn't want that smoke, but NATO, if it listens, America don't want that smoke either. They are right. a nuclear power. Now their conventional military doesn't stand a chance against it, 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 it would lose one-on-one -on -one versus NATO, right? Right. Um, but but from a nuclear standpoint, you don't want those problems from either side. And so the reality of it is very simple, going back to why I gave you that earlier history and context. Right. The only reason why, listen, if Russia spent more time building up its own country, building up its own economy, as opposed to threatening countries that no longer want to be a part of it, then they wouldn't have to worry about NATO, right? And so NATO is only attractive if you fear a Russian invasion or a Russian attack. Uh, and, and what they and what the what what these former Warsaw Pact countries and USSR countries see in Russia are three things that happen to a smart Russian. If you are a um, Boris Nemtsov, if you are a politician who is fighting for democratic freedom. They just kill you and they'll kill you near the Kremlin, which is what happened to Boris Nemtsov, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you are somebody like Alexei Navalny, if they don't kill you, they lock you up. Prison, they lock you up. Now, if you are the guy that created the social media site Contact here, which just means in contact in Russian, and it's basically the Russian Facebook, what they do is they tell you, give us your data, give it to us now, and you refuse, 
they just rush you out of the country, right? And so this guy, this very intelligent mind that could be of use to Russia is in the West. Right. Okay. So they they scare you off. If they can't kill you, they imprison you, or they just flat out kill you. Those are the three things that happen. Now, if you're in Ukraine, do you really want to be a part of that? Because it's it, 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 it's really does it come? It shouldn't come as a surprise that the co-founder of Google, who is a Russian, is in the United States. Right, right. And so, and, and, and so and again, Brin. this is important. Yeah, but see, this is yes, but see, this is important context because if you are thinking about NATO, right? NATO is a military alliance, and look, it has all these complications. And again, brother, if you bring me on the show, I, I'm not a I'm not a pro NATO person at all, and I can break down to you on a separate um, conversation about my views on defense. I think the <clears throat> American industrial complex needs to be completely dismantled. Um, I think our military budget is bloated. It needs to be cut significantly. I can give you a whole spill on that. But the thing about, but this is, but, but that situation is not what we're talking about. Today. Right. You can't, you have to keep apples and apples. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically we need to keep focus going back to the person who, who brought up this scenario of what if this and what if that. What's happening right now is that if Russia was not a threat to these other people's security, this wouldn't be an issue for Russia. And even if Ukraine did become a, a member of NATO, NATO serves no harm to Russia whatsoever. Um, because the reality of it is a country that really is self-destructing anyway. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the Soviet Union. You know, with the way I tell people about the USSR, you know, let's just say if there was not this big diplomatic push by Ronald Reagan, to really dismantle, you know, to really un- un- undo the USSR. If it didn't fall in 1991, it would have fallen in 2001 because it was economically unsustainable. Right? Right. It was a politically unsustainable structure. And that's the same thing with Russia. Their population is dwindling every year. It's a country that covers more than a dozen time zones and it has roughly 150,000 people for a country that big, right? And America has three times the population. And so just, I mean, I'm just- With an economy the size of Italy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You get what I'm saying? And so when you think about NATO, NATO isn't invested in, you know, in, in trying to destabilize this large country because, again, they, they control so much of the energy market. Anything happens with Russia, you know, gas is a globally traded commodity. And so I mean, they export very little gas to the United States. But because it's a globally traded commodity, we are going to hit it at our gas pump. So it's not economically feasible or makes sense for NATO to want to have some military confrontation with Russia, it's not good for business. Right. Well, look, let me let me tell you, first of all, you've been extraordinarily enlightened, Mr. Starr. Let me ask you something, first of all. How long have you been in Kyiv? Oh, listen, oh, man. I've been coming back and forth since 2009. And so I came here as a Fulbright grantee to take a, a you know Russian language course and then I did a, a photo project on black Ukrainian and so now um, I'm starting a couple of businesses one business is a tourism business next summer 2023 I plan on bringing 600 Americans here and groups you know in groups of 25 people mm-hmm. um, starting in the late spring of, of next year and going into the early fall you know in October of next year and so um, I'm starting that business. The website is going to go up um, in April. Um, and then I have a clothing business here that's kind of like ethnic modern wear here. I would have to show you to, to really explain, but that's going to be coming up soon. But I've been here since January 
I planned on uh, the beginning of January. I, I planned on staying for three weeks. I was supposed to leave January 31st, but given what's happening here, mm-hmm. I felt like my presence was needed to be on the ground. And also, listen, I have friends here who I love and care for, and, this, and, and my love for the people I've grown to see here are, are far is deeper than friendship. And you know, I, I I would feel a little guilty if I stay if I left and I wasn't able to help and contribute and to be on the ground and provide knowledge to people like yourself, you know, I, I would, I'm much more useful to you being here in Ukraine and, and giving people on the ground analysis because of my knowledge and my experience. There are a few people who can give that analysis like I can and the stories that I'm going to be covering over the next few weeks won't happen. You know, they wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for me, particularly a black person who understands. Well, that that is why I just love your perspective again, because what we get is a status quo, plutocratic type perspective whenever, you know, you get the standard reporters. And that is not to knock the the standard reporters. I mean, I knocked them enough for for being (laughs) milk toast, okay? But but, But what we need to do is we have to have perspective. And like I said, when I heard you this morning, that's what I heard, perspective. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Tell us a little bit about how people can get to you. Yeah, thank you very much. So my podcast is called Black Diplomats, and it's a podcast that focuses on the intersection of race and foreign policy. And I named it Black Diplomats because I want Black people, I don't care if you've never left the country, I want Black people to know that they are Black diplomats. And for my podcast, I purposely want people to say Black, right? You know, hey, you're going to say black because I want people to associate black people with foreign policy. And so each week, you know, I primarily focus on Eastern Europe and Ukrainian and Russian politics, but I have people of color. Um, I have people who are local, who are indigenous, right? And so, yes, yeah, black diplomats. And so I have, a, I have the most diverse panel of experts talking about Russia, Ukraine, and Eastern Europe than any other podcast that you're going to see if you want to get to it. It's on all of the major podcast platforms. I encourage people to go to iTunes to give me a five-star rating because I do great content. And also on my Twitter, Russian underscore star with two R's. People can go and I have a you know ways in which people can contribute to my podcast because this is by myself. I don't have any support. I'm just doing this solo. And I'm I really survive, I really focus and thrive off of people who are investing in the work that I do. Let me tell you, I am, first of all, very impressed. I want to thank you for giving me this uh, extended amount of time. I'm glad that we cut it from the 10 minutes that we were going to do right after the show to where we could have some time to spend together because I've learned a lot and I intend to have you uh, as much as I can on different issues because I can see that there's there's a hell of an intersectionality here. Terrell Germain Starr, also on Twitter, at Russian underscore star, host of the Black Diplomats podcast. Please check him out. I'll have it all in the blog. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. I, I saw him on, uh, on, the, on MSNBC, and I'm like, I need to talk to this guy because he really was given a, per, an, a perspective that 
added a more a, a bit more context to the entire issue anyway thank you very much deb denny for reminding me that it is time for me to play this Roberto Willis, as host of politics done right a progressive radio media show on pacifica networks kpft 90.1 fm houston that engages all ideologies i found that our political angst isn't mostly ideological there is a well-designed effort by many in power to control us if we are at each other's throats we are less likely to demand our economic and local wishes in in that light, I wrote three books. I wrote the first one titled, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, to describe the entire economy in a manner we can all understand. It highlights why it was designed to pill for most as it empowers a few, the chosen. The second book, titled, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, Take It to the Next Level. After understanding how the system pilfers, it is incumbent that we can speak to our peers to empower a change. The third book, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from those who rigged it gives us a place to land after learning about our economy that is dysfunctional for most and learning how to engage the other side we point out what would make an economy that works for all each book stands on its own but together they provide the full picture please consider getting one or more you will undoubtedly learn be entertained and help us continue the mission with our blogs articles videos and books Yes, yes, yes. So please go ahead. Uh, the, the link to get my books, of course, is at politicsdoneright.com slash books, politicsdoneright.com slash books. And I'm about to put it in the feed right now, politicsdoneright.com slash books. Please go ahead and make it be today's bestseller. Make it be today's bestseller in the political stream. If you go get it right now, we have enough people watching that we could actually get some traction on that. Alternatively, please support us by clicking on that join button on YouTube. Click that join button on YouTube to show folks that you appreciate the work that we're doing. We simply could not do this without you. So please go ahead and click that join button on YouTube. If you don't see a join button on YouTube, just go ahead and go to click on this link, politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. You can also support us at our Patreon politicsandright.com says patron patron is spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n politicsandright.com says patron p-a-t-r-e-o-n but of course a good old standby which we always love as well politicsandright.com slash paypal politicsandright.com says paypal provide us with anything that you can do to make sure that we can keep giving you that information and bringing that material over interviews etc that makes improves increases our knowledge so that we cannot continue to be screwed by the plutocracy whose intent on keeping us dumb because a dumb populace is a populace we can have do just about anything uh we we have new products in our store check out our politicsandright.com store politicsandright.com store and get a get a mug get a t-shirt get something and then take a picture with it send it to me so that i can add it to the website or add it here for some of, of our people to see you wearing the logo that has uh, politics and right on it now you can also uh, support us by going to politicsdoneright.com. Did I put that store up there? Yes, I did. You can go to politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. It's the all-encompassing way to support us. We have all the different methods that you can use, whether it's be PayPal, whether it be Facebook, whether it be YouTube, Patreon, Cash App. 
uh, Zelly, everything is on that particular page. Politicsandright.com says support. However you wish to support us, our supporters all get mentioned on our website where we say these are our great supporters and we have hundreds of supporters. We need thousands of supporters and we got to get this job done. Anyway, anyway, going back to your feed, let me say hello. Senor Roberto Lewis, how are you doing, my Pana, mi hermano de Panama, welcome aboard, E2247, I don't think I saluted you, nor did I, Deb Denny, even though Deb reminded me that, Egberto, it's time to post your links. Thank you so kindly. And Daniel Ledo says, welcome, first of all, welcome aboard, Daniel, thank you for being here. He says, LOL, China is behind all of this. They have been planning for this for 50 years, not long now. We are in their endgame. First, approve America important against Russia, then take Taiwan and let... Well, you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, maybe you know something I don't, Daniel Ledo. I don't know. June Litter, welcome aboard. She Littler, welcome aboard. Hooray for Terrell. Glad we have contact with him. He's an incredible contact. Look forward to this next visit. We need his invaluable input. Thank you, June. Carl Cox says, never fear. Carl Cox is here. Well, you know, brother Carl Cox, you are always here because we love you. Everybody loves you here, brother. And Norman Reynolds says, great interview. Thank you, Norman. Coming from you, that means everything. Uh, Eric Hayes says, <coughs> peace through strength. Sounds very Reagan-esque, my brother. I think I apologized to you earlier, buddy. <coughs> I was a bit too, uh, I guess a bit too, sorry for the cough, a bit too accusative on you, uh, brother. Brother, so I think I, I, I cleaned that up. Saludos, mi gente. Politics done right from Roberto Luis. E2247 says, Terrell was in Kiev and Malcolm was in Kiev about 30 miles southwest of the Polish-Ukraine border in northwest Ukraine. Yeah, they were together. In fact, Malcolm Nance donated, I saw on the Twitter, donated 500 bucks, right, to, uh, <laughs> to Terrell's uh, because Terrell had to reach. Uh, raised twenty thousand dollars for this last uh, trip to the Ukraine, right? So Michael Nance, you know this, the NSA guy, gave him five hundred bucks, and then he said, "All right, Terrell, you are now responsible for taking me out for drinks every time I'm in Kiev." <laughs> and I imagine he's going to say, "Of course, come on to Kiev. We'll go to a dr go get a drink." I just hope uh, Kiev is still there. I think it will. Eric Hayes says, good interview. In, uh, is Terrell ex-military? No, Terrell didn't serve, but Michael Nance did serve. Michael Nance, I think, served in the Navy. And uh, I, I'm looking to try. I'm, I'm going to get an interview with Michael Nance um, as soon as I can. Um, I got to find him first. But, you know, uh, I'll go ahead and get one set up with him. Uh, by the way, we have an interview also set up with the candidate for lieutenant governor of Texas, which is Mike Collier. Actually, Mike Collier is a neighbor of mine. Love the guy. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to Mike Collier. I think I'll bring that to you on Wednesday on this station and probably on Thursday at KPFT. I'll bring it here first. So we have a lot of stuff scheduled to come out. So we, 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 we're, we're, we're going to make sure everybody's informed. But before we get any further into this, I have some good videos for you. First, let me set this up. You know, um, you remember what Trump said when he was running. He said, Hillary, why are all your people taking the Fifth Amendment? That just means you're guilty. That is what the mob does. You know, that is what the mob does. You must be guilty for doing the Fifth Amendment. And, you know, uh, everybody ran with that. The New York Times and everybody ran. And they, 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 they actually unfairly. I'm not a Hillary fan. But they were unfair to Hillary. It was the woman thing and a bit more. 
Well, I mean, uh, it, on the cross connection, they covered that. I want you to see what they had to say, and then we'll take it on the other side. Check this out, and we'll be right back. I want you to take a listen, because you brought up that the, the fact that these two could essentially uh, plead the fifth. But take a listen to what Donald Trump said about people who plead the fifth. When you have your staff taking the Fifth Amendment, taking the fifth so they're not prosecuted. Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Horrible. Horrible. Her staffers taking the Fifth Amendment. How about that? If five people taking the Fifth Amendment, like you see on the mob, right? You see the mob takes the Fifth. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? really interesting that he, uh, you know, constantly contradicts himself, but I don't think his uh, base, you know, ever cares to hold him uh, accountable for when he does that. It seems like the people holding uh, this president accountable the most are Tis James and, of course, in Georgia, Fannie L- uh, L- uh, Willis, uh, you know, with the whole uh, election denier uh, case. I want to get into this um, National Archives story a little bit. Now, the National Archives did confirm that Trump took uh, 15 boxes of documents to Mar-a-Lago after he left the White House. We talked about that in the open, including some documents marked as top secret. Now, Trump, of course, has denied uh, all wrongdoing, as he is known to do. But... We're also having this conversation while there are rumors circulating about him running in 2024. Will this have any impact on midterms? Will it have any impact on the speculation about him running again? And I should say we're way over time, but I do want to give you a chance to answer. I'm just going to say very quickly, the hypocrisy of the New York Times here is off the charts. If you look at what they did with Hillary Clinton and her her alleged email scandal versus how they basically buried the story of Trump eating classified documents, it's off the charts and shows you just how much bias um, we have in the media for Trump. In terms of punishments, I think that one of the problems here is that the Presidential Records Act has no teeth. But the destroying of classified documents, that's what we got Oliver North on. So we should maximally prosecute that. Um, and yes, it could be used to prevent him from running for office again. And again, this is this happened in Iran-Contra. It can happen again if we have prosecutors willing to go to the mattresses to get this guy any way they can. Yes, it's time to get this guy. We also must remember that Donald Trump Jr. took the Fifth Amendment over 500 times. So the truth of the matter is, yes, we have a double standard in the way the news media is covered. And believe it or not, part of the responsibility of January 6th is because we gave so much traction to Donald Trump who was able to mislead so many people who got their minds fried and got all of them running down to Washington, D.C. for an insurrection that many of them now see. Donald Trump was just there to use them, and when they got into trouble, said, bye-bye. And now in order to win, he's saying, ah, well, maybe if I run and and you guys elect me, I'll pardon you. So please, please, please elect me, please. No, that's not going to work. It won't work at all. Anyhow, continuing, we have a... Another good video for you. All right, uh, you know uh, a lot of a lot of people on the right like to criticize how Biden is working with Russia. You know, I have some issues, uh, as as Terrell also illustrated, with the U.S. Ukraine policy, U.S. Ukraine NATO policy. But uh, you know, as Terrell said, we shouldn't be doing whataboutisms. We should not be doing whataboutisms. Uh, and you know what? It seems to me like somebody the, the right really, really loves 
agrees not only with Terrell, but they agree with quite a few other folks. Hey, by the way, I think I saw Tom Danahy in here. Brother Tom Danahy, one of our show's great supporters. Of uh, uh, He said he liked the show. Thank you, Tom. You know, if you like this show, we know we're doing the right thing. Anyhow, let's go ahead and play this right now. But I remember giving a talk um, to a group of Ukrainian young legislators a few years ago. And I said, I know you have a difficult international situation. But imagine if the FRG, the Federal Republic of Germany, had said for that 45 years, well, we really can't progress until we have our eastern half. Uh, we can't get stronger. We can't build an economy. We can't build a democracy. But instead, they did quite the opposite. They built a powerful democracy. They built a powerful economy. And when the time came, the East Germans wanted to be a part of that, not the other way around. And so I would say to the Ukrainians and to the Ukrainian people, this is a very sad and difficult time. I hope that we are supporting uh, Ukraine's aspirations strongly enough. I have to say that I think that the Biden administration is, is playing a difficult hand rather well these days. And it is ultimately, though, up to the Ukrainian people and their leadership uh, to keep trying to build that strong, democratic, uh, independent Ukraine that is fighting corruption and building an economy. Um, it can be done. You know, earlier this year, um, Condoleezza Rice appeared on The View, and she wanted us to get away from January 6th. So I was really concerned whether Condoleezza Rice was going all Trump crazy as well. And, um, you know, we know Trump has criticized Biden, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, after I saw this yesterday, I said, you know, I got to air this one because Condi may be getting back into where she's always been, which was, I mean, we, we, we couldn't believe that she worked for Bush, but that's okay because, as it turns out, she's going back to just where we expected her to be, a conservative woman who believe in some neoliberal policies, uh, you know, a part of the world. That's who she is, but at least she's not a Trumpian. So that is important. It's good that she realizes that based on our current neoliberal being, Biden is just following the script as good as Clinton, Obama, or Bush 1 and 2 would have. Our military script, irrespective of parties, except under certain conditions, generally is the same. The military-industrial complex runs everything. Anyhow, I'm back, I'm back. Michael Rodden says, fighting corruption, which those in D.C. cared as much about corporate corruption as they do about foreign policy. You're so right, my friend. Eric Hayes says, smart lady. Uh, E2247 Terrell uh, Germain Star is a senior reporter at The Root, where he writes about U.S.-Russia politics and race in America, and he's a non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council's Eurasia Center. He previously worked at Foxtrot Alpha. Yes, I, I wrote that in the blog, so check it out, guys. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We have Daniela Doe says, Trump could be dead and those bozos would still be trying to get him. For your information, the refs of us have moved on. I wish the rest of you had really moved on. Unfortunately, you have not. Carl Cox says, orange man, far worse than Hillary. I agree with you. Uh, let's see what else we got uh, that I missed. I think I, I want to make sure and salute my brother here, Tom. 
Uh, I think I, I saluted Tom already, but uh, I, I saw Tom. Uh, let's see, Tim, Tim, Tim Dennehy. I thought I saw Tim Dennehy in here. I thought I saw Tim Dennehy. Did you run away, Tim? No, there it is. Tim says this is outstanding. So thank you very much, Tim. Uh, hi, Melanie. Superb. Egberto on today. Thank you very much, E2247. Putin wants to crush uh, democracy in Ukraine, according to Carl Cox. Uh, let's see uh, what else we got here. Coming down to the bottom, we have Tom C. says, Hey, Tom, how you doing? And folks, don't forget, uh, coming up next week, not this Saturday, but the other one, it's uh, Ask Egberto anything i want you guys to sign up please go ahead and sign up if you go to the newsletter that gets printed out just before every show you can see that uh tom c says by keeping the russian people fearful of foreign enemies putin wants to distract attention away from domestic economic and political disasters and stay in power see tim snyder's road to unfreedom thank you for that one there uh, brother tom i had not seen that i haven't read that book uh or I think it's a book you're referencing. E2247 says, lived in Ukraine as a Fulbright fellow and a freelance journalist. He's also lived in Georgia. Yes, he has. All right, let's see what else we got here. Orange Man and Clinton and Trudeau are all comparable in what way? I imagine you're going to answer that, uh, Eric. I don't know what way you want them to be comparable. I don't think uh, we can put Clinton and Trudeau in the same similar boats, but Trudeau is quite a bit more liberal than Clinton. Clinton is actually... Uh, Hillary Clinton, I don't know if Hillary Clinton was ever very liberal because Hillary Clinton, uh, again, she emanates from a Republican family and a rather conservative one. Narcissistic, I see what you're saying, Eric. I don't, Eric, you know what? To be a politician at that stature, I think they all bear a certain level of narcissism. But my God, brother, brother Trump uh, was guided by narcissism so i mean i i'll give you partial credit on that one just partial credit small credit all right let's see what else is up folks i don't have any more videos to show so whatever last few messages you send me is what i'm going to throw up there and it says michael rados rodin says hillary clinton was liberal when she proposed universal health care during bill clinton time in office then failed to get it passed daniela don't wait i want to answer that so don't leave yet if you take a look at what Hillary Clinton's healthcare proposal looked like, universal healthcare proposal, it is so. I, I, you, I don't know. I think you're too young to have seen or break it down. But I remember the first time Hillary Clinton brought that thing to the screen. I almost passed out. It was nothing like liberal uh, uh, Medicare for all. It was. It seemed even a bit more complicated than Obamacare in trying to keep these private insurance companies alive with all these different permutations. I went crazy when I read that stuff. So I. It doesn't surprise me that it never made it. Okay, heading out soon. Michael says recommend video after the show last week tonight talks about crt i'm going to definitely listen to that one or watch that one michael because i love uh, what he does um he does a very good job eric Hay says did hillary stand by and defend her husband against women when he was governor yes she did she stood by her man she was she did the tommy wynette thing that she said she would never do she did it and uh, you know I mean, that's their personal business who cares not none of not my business 
All right, anybody else has anything to say before I shut this baby down? Uh, go ahead and put it. You have about 30 seconds to tell me a few more things and I'll be happy to read it out. Uh, or is there anybody that I fail to acknowledge? If I fail to acknowledge you, uh, forgive me. You know I love you no matter what. My lefties, my righties, my everything is. I think I got, Melanie, I got you, right? Melanie Keaton, I think I got you. Uh, let's see. If I didn't get you, drop me a line real quick. Carl Cox says, Trudeau isn't bad. Truck drivers who cause trouble in Canada. All right. Uh, critical race here last night, tonight with John Oliver. E2247 reiterated what Dr. Uh, Redden had to say. It's 459 here on the East Coast. I'm about to leave unless I get one more message that you guys want me to read out. So I wait and I wait. And I wait for one more message. Anybody's going to shoot one more message before I shut this baby down? Norman Reynolds says, is there a discussion you recommend for the state lieutenant governor? We are going to be talking about what the lieutenant, the current lieutenant governor is doing, which is actually trying to take tenure away from professors who even talk about Anything that had the semblance of critical race theory. If you look at the Houston Chronicle, you'll notice that our, uh, the lieutenant governor candidate had much to say. Melanie, yes, I'm glad you, I got you. Do some research on Trudeau. Actually, I had to do research on Trudeau and his daddy several times. You must remember his daddy was prime minister of Canada as well. Well, anyway, folks, thank you so kindly for being here. I know you could be anywhere else. Please remember to support the program. We cannot do this without you. How can you support the program? I'm not going to put all the codes in there again. I'm going to give you the catch-all. Please go to politicsandright.com support, politicsandright.com support, and support the program however you can. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you know what? You guys know how I end this baby. I am wet out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.